I don't know how much you know about the process of writing a homily, but often all it takes is a word or a phrase to get me inspired or get other priests inspired, and we build the entire homily around that. For me, as I was going over the readings over the past week, all I did was picture Jesus walking along the beach. It says in the first reading, how he would live, how the Messiah who would come would live by the Sea of Galilee for a time. And then we see that fulfilled in the gospel today where Jesus decides to go live by the sea after he hears of his best friend and his cousin being arrested and put in jail. So to me, that image of Jesus by the sea was very comforting because growing up in Virginia Beach, I mean, you just learn to love the beach. It's what you do. And there's something so beautiful and simple about the beach. It's really just a few elements. There's sand, salt water, sky. But they all come together to be able to just bring a sense of peace over myself and many others. That's why it's easy to see that on nice days when the sun is shining and the weather is warm and there's a nice cool breeze coming off of the water that just takes the edge off the heat, the beaches are packed. But even when the weather is cold, even when the sun is hidden behind clouds, even when the wind whips by, there is still such a beauty to the beach that you'll still find a couple of people strolling along its shore. There is something so beautiful about the beach, but something entirely simple about it too. I have spent many hours of my life either sitting at the water's edge or higher up on the sand, by myself or with others, working out the current problems of my life and finding solace in the surroundings. Even if I have no control over what is happening in my life at that moment, I can sit at the beach and gain better perspective. Especially during those times when I go to the beach in the early morning or later in the evening, and I'm one of the only people around, the ability that the beach has is to make me feel very, very small. Looking up and down the shore, I can see nothing but the repeating of the same tiny rocks over and over again, which compromises the sand. Looking out into the water as far as I can, it looks like it just continues forever. Gazing up into the sky, I don't see an end in sight. In its magnitude, I see exactly how small I am, and my problems, however big, while they are still important, seem less. Introspection, perspective, and clarity, all provided by some land, air, and water. It's entirely simple. As Catholics, we believe that creation reflects its creator, so we can know that God is also simple. But what does it mean to say that God is simple? Because the term simple often means basic or can even be used in a derogatory manner. And when we say God is simple, we're not trying to say that he is basic or putting him down. What we're saying is that he lacks parts or distinctions. He lacks complication. As St. Augustine puts it, God is identical to his attributes. God is not loving he is love. We as human beings, 
We are beans among many beans. And it's easy to make distinctions between one form of being and another, between one person in being and another. But God is not just another being among beings, but rather God is being itself. And to this point, St. Paul is making the second reading. Christ is not divided. Christ is simple. And as we, the followers of Christ, strive to emulate him in everything, we should also reflect that simplicity and strive to be free of division. But we know that in all walks of life there is division. We see it in the government between the political parties. We see it in our own church among the progressives and the traditionalists. We see it in Christianity in the some 40,000 denominations of Christianity that exist when Jesus Christ started one church. Of the few recorded prayers that we have in the Gospels that Jesus actually prayed, one comes from John 17, when Jesus prays to the Father that we all might be one, just like he and the Father are one. Jesus is praying for us to be simple like the Father. And in this simplicity is found joy. The simplest people in all of history are the most joy-filled. Take any religion as a test subject, and you can see that the holiest people of that particular religion are the ones that choose to divest themselves of worldly things and choose to live simply. From Buddha to St. Francis, from Kong Zi to Dorothy Day, the people that live simply attain a level of enlightenment and holiness that most people miss. And in the Catholic Church, every canonized saint realized the beauty of simplicity. For them, it was simple. Christ is everything. And they viewed the entire world through the lens of being in relationship with Jesus. The call of Peter, Andrew, James, and John is very simple. Jesus extends the invitation of discipleship to them, and they follow him. That's it. It's not like in other parts of the gospel when Jesus extends the invitation for discipleship and then people come up with excuses why they couldn't simply follow him. We as humans are simple. The response of the heart to any invitation is simple. It's yes or it's no. This is why Jesus says, be either hot or cold, but lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. There is no half measure or partial Christianity. There is only all the way in or all the way out. Anything in the middle is a disgrace. But this doesn't mean that our holiness is tied to results. Our holiness is tied to effort. And the matrix for judging whether we're putting enough effort forward is very simple. It's two steps. One, am I earnestly and honestly trying to listen to the Lord in my life? And number two, when I feel the Lord speaking to me, do I act on it immediately? Because after all, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Peter, Andrew, James, and John had no idea where their life would go if they got up and followed Christ. They didn't question what the five-year plan was or even what would be in the next 30 days. They simply understood 
Jesus offered them an invitation, and they accepted it. It's that simple. God is not complex. Following God is not complex. We have to take time to listen to God, and when he speaks, we act. Whether we listen to God down at the shoreline at the beach or on top of a mountain, maybe we listen to him in the car on the way to work or in our favorite chair in our house. Maybe we take time to listen to him during adoration or while taking a walk and praying the rosary. And if you have kids, maybe the only time you have to listen to God is in the bathroom. But either way, take that time. Because when it comes down to it, Christianity is not a philosophy. It's not a moral system that governs your life. It's not a sociology. It's not an ideology. But it is a relationship with a person. It's a relationship with Jesus. So as people striving for an intimate and beautifully active relationship with Jesus, just like the first apostles, we listen first and then we act. It's that simple.